it's very difficult to compete with build to sell developers for a build to rent project. You need unique type of market where the rents are high enough to get you to the valuations where you can pay the same amount that the build to sell developers are paying. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we have two guests. We have Austin Good and Lo Hornbuckle. Austin and Lo, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Doing very well. Thank you for having us, Theo. Absolutely. Thank you both for joining us. Today is Sunday, so we'll be doing a skill set Sunday since Lowe was a previous guest. So make sure you check out Lowe's first episode, which is episode 1674. And the skill that we're going to talk about today is the build to rent strategy. So before we get into that, 
Let me quickly go over Austin and Lowe's backgrounds. They're both co-partners in Goodhorn Capital. Austin is a real estate developer, and then Lowe is the CEO and founder of Sage Oak Assisted Living and Memory Care. And they are currently working on a 89-unit, $20 million townhouse development following this build-to-rent strategy. They're both based in Dallas, Texas, and their website is Goodhorn, G-O-O-D-H-O-R-N, capital.com. So I guess starting with Austin and then second with Lowe, could you tell us some more about your background and then what you're focused on today? Sure, absolutely. So I got started in real estate in late 2008, early 2009. And prior to that, I was raising capital for oil and gas drilling projects, kind of like you see on Wolf of Wall Street, boiler room, sales tactics, pretty high burnout business that I did quite well in, but just got burnt out. And at the time, my brother was a residential real estate agent for several years already. And he had been asking me to come join him and join forces and put together a company. So I got my license and we formed our residential real estate sales team, the Good Home Team, which we've grown that we should do about a one and a half million in commissions this year. And my brother still operates that side of the business. At the same time that we were growing that business, I started purchasing single family rentals and flips. At first, just here and there, but as we went on, we started doing that at a pretty high level. And by 2012, we actually had an opportunity to purchase our first development, which happened to be a 72 unit build to rent duplex community in Denton, Texas, which we still own to this day. After that worked out for us so well, we decided that build to rent was sort of the future. And we're in various stages of two more as we speak. We'll go more into the benefits of build to rent, but let me kick it over to Low so he can get his intro. Thank you. So my background, I actually started in business in a car dealership, if you can believe it or not. So I spent the better part of 10 or 11 years working in a car dealership and spent a lot of time in the finance department, which was very relevant because you learned about loans and underwriting and you learned about risk and talking to lenders and negotiating with lenders. And so that was a really important part for me. Got into real estate 2007. I started off in single family, acquired a decent single family portfolio. Thought I wanted to get into multifamily, spent a year being a property manager, a 400 unit complex. Didn't love it. It was okay, but really found my passion in assisted living and memory care. And so we started converting large houses into small assisted living facilities. And that's ultimately how Austin and I met I'm a man of a few talents, but definitely terrible at construction and saw a guy like Austin that's got some development and some construction skills and approached him after we were introduced about partnering up and kind of bringing my sales skills and his construction development skills and our operation skills together to sort of form a great partnership and a great team. And then sort of from there, Goodhorn Capital was born, which is our company that raises private equity for our projects. Perfect. Thank you both for your backgrounds. So Austin, you mentioned at the end of your background that you wanted to get into the benefits of build to rent. So can you explain exactly what build to rent is the step-by-step process from A to Z. You don't have to go into much detail, but just kind of the main steps in the process. Yeah. So single family build to rent, it's not a new concept, although it's gaining popularity. It's kind of the buzzwords now, 
but basically it's taking tracts of land that you find and either building, let's say, duplex or townhouse or single family detached communities there and running them like multifamily properties. In this country, there is a big fragment of owners of single family rentals, mom and pop owners, if you will. There's starting to be some consolidation from the big REITs and whatnot, but there's still a lot of opportunity there for professionally managed single family rental communities due to the fact that in a house. But I always say that lately, the American dream, some say it's dead. I don't think it's dead. I think people still want to live in a house and have their house in the name, but I think they've shifted towards wanting to necessarily rent it for various reasons that might be out of necessity, but a lot of times it's not out of necessity, it's out of choice. They'd rather rent. A lot of it has to do with perhaps the millennials seeing their parents get foreclosed on and things of that nature, but it's just a big demographic shift that's going on right now. So you find land, you build single family homes, and then instead of selling them off, you keep them and then you rent them out and manage it like it's a apartment community, basically. Yeah, you have multiple exit strategies with a build to rent community, which is another reason why we like it so much, because you could sell it one at a time to retail clients, or you could sell it one at a time to investors, or you can sell the entire project just like you would sell a multifamily property. And lastly, you could refi out your initial investment and just keep it, which is my preferred way of doing things. So let's start from the beginning and kind of tackle each step one at a time. So we kind of already hit why you selected this strategy, and that's because you've identified people still wanting to live in single family houses as opposed to multifamily, but now they're choosing or by necessity renting instead of owning it. So Obviously, you're targeting a specific demographic. And so when you're looking for land, how are you picking the markets, right? What are some of the metrics you want to see in a market you're buying land in? So for what I've actually done, it's a little bit different than most build to rent communities in the sense that I've kind of found a lot of luck and strength in college towns that also have great underlying economics for just regular folks who are in the workforce that want to rent. So that provides an extra layer of recession resilience for essentially what is a step down from student housing. We don't call it student housing, but that's kind of what it is. That's been a big pillar for us. But generally speaking, if you're just looking for a build to rent market to enter, it doesn't have to have a college population at all. You'd want to look for obviously a lot of population growth and you would want to look for the best school districts. That's kind of the way that you would pick a market. And then once you've selected that market, what types of strategies are you using to find land? Is it just the same way anyone finds land or is there a special kind of land you want that's zoned a certain way or is there anything you need to know about the type of land that you're buying? Well, there's various strategies. For me in particular, I don't like to take a whole lot of entitlement risk. I don't want to typically go in and try to rezone. I've had some situations where a rezone made all the sense in the world for a particular development. 
just to meet opposition at city council and not necessarily community opposition, just a city council member who really didn't like and everybody got behind, even though the planning and zoning commission was all about it. So I stick to properties that are by right. Now it's becoming harder and harder. And a lot of times you have to be careful because unfortunately with these cities, they don't really want rental housing stock. Even though there's this big affordability problem out there, every city seems to think that they want bigger lots of regular single family houses and for nobody to ever rent them out. So it's kind of important that you find cities that will work, that will work within the existing zoning code. So you don't have too much trouble getting what you're wanting and not having to ask for a whole lot of specific use permits. However, that's getting harder and harder. So we're looking at several different potential developments right now, and majority of those are going to require a planned development, which is basically you going in and dictating, I want this, and negotiating with the city and hoping that you can get what you want. And then how are you finding your land deals? Are you just a broker you work with? Are finding them online, off-market? A little bit of everything. Once you kind of get entrenched in certain communities, there's what I like to call the good old boys network. And any sort of properties you see on LoopNet in Denton, for example, the prices they want for those properties, I would never, ever pay. Just because in the beginning, I really didn't have much of a choice. I kind of lucked into the first deal and then from there leveraged that deal into relationships with other key players and landowners and developers. Um, And it it helped that I had a mentor that was really deeply entrenched in the community. So I was able to kind of get this good old boy pricing because they knew I was able to close. I knew they weren't going to have somebody trying to retrade at the last minute. So I've been fortunate there, but now I've been expanding and looking for new opportunities. And it's been quite challenging. Of course, I have wholesalers that bring me deals, which most of the time they're not even close to being what they need to be. And I've also looked at CoStar and I've found a couple opportunities here and there. So they can still be found through places like CoStar here and there, but it's getting harder and harder, especially because right now, despite all this COVID such here in DFW, there is still a housing boom going on. And and it's very difficult to compete with build to sell developers for a build to rent project. You need unique type of market where the rents are high enough to get you to the valuations where you can pay the same amount that the build to sell developers are paying. And then for the actual build, so I know for like apartment communities, when you're developing an apartment, you're not only building the individual units and all the interior amenities and things like that, and the mechanicals and the roofs and whatnot, but also shared amenities. So do you guys do that tier as well? Is there a clubhouse and a shared pool or is it really just individual units? 
I think that's probably something I would love to chime in on because it's what kind of got me attracted in part to working with Austin on the build to rent project. In multifamily, especially in, in some of your nicer areas, you kind of have this amenities arms race. And it's basically just a situation where all these apartments are offering more and more and more amenities. Some of them can be turned into revenue streams, but a lot of them are just expenses, right? So pools and gyms and things like that. So what's really great about the build to rent model that Austin successfully executed is that you don't have to have as many amenities. So obviously you have a place to walk dogs, things like that, but we don't have any pools or any clubhouses. And the main reason why is because families are really oftentimes more so comparing us instead of with apartments, but rather other single family homes. So they're looking for a small yard because maybe they have a small dog or they don't want any upstairs neighbors. They're looking for three or four bedrooms. And so even though we manage it operationally like a multifamily project, it often really more so competes with other single family homes. We do, of course, get cross-shopped, but the type of person that wants a three or four bedroom townhouse or duplex is not necessarily cross-shopping us with multifamily, and it allows us to kind of stay out of the amenities arms race. And so we don't have to participate in that sort of escalatory, I've got dog yoga, I've got dog mm-hmm. washing stations, and just so on and so forth, where you're spending tons of money. Dog yoga, that's funny. And I think there's a limited time period where that's going to be the case, because Bill Duran has became such a national obsession now with the big guys. They are adding in amenities, not quite as heavily as apartments. They'll drop a very small, not even a clubhouse, it's just a pool with a little tiny clubhouse and maybe a dog park. But as competition in this field increases, there is going to become a time where we're going to have to fight that arms race. But In the meantime, while the going's good, we're getting after it. So once the single family homes and the duplexes are built, could you walk us through the last aspect, which is renting? So what are some of the best practices that you guys are using to fill these units? And then what does that process look like? I'm assuming for multifamily, you can't really rent anything out until the whole thing is done. So do you need to wait for every single unit to be created or like a single family development where it's a build to sell where they are selling them one at a time or do you have buyers beforehand and you're building for a particular buyer? Now that's the big advantage that this has. Typically a CO is on a unit by unit basis, not the entire facility. So we are able to get income quicker And typically, just to give you an idea, let's say I've got an 89-unit townhouse development, which is one of the ones we're doing right now. We're doing this one in phases. In the first phase, we're bringing on 30 units, and we may, after six months, drop the first eight units, and then the next month, another eight units, and then another eight units, and then another eight units, and six units. So we're able to kind of stagger stair-step income there. You don't have to wait to the very end. And as far as marketing and things of that nature, although we do certain marketing, a lot of online marketing and this being student oriented as well, that we have some listings with some of the student housing books that are given out on campus. But because the amenity, I feel like itself is the fact that you have a single family home with a yard is huge because pet ownership especially dog ownership is increasing. And it's one thing to have a park, 
but it's another thing to have your own backyard. So we've found that in a lot of our models, backyards are kind of essential to this model. So is there anything else that Austin or Lowell you want to mention about this rent-to-own strategy? Looks like we hit the starting yeah. point, finding the land, to building on the land, to renting on the back end. So is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? Yeah, I think it's always important to talk about the ways that various investments are sort of de-risked. So one of the things that's really great about what we do is all the units are individually platted. And so what that does is, is that if you sort of imagine, well, let's say 10 years from now, when we're going to considering selling our project, we have sort of three options, right? So we can sell the community to someone else that wants to buy the income stream, wants to buy the business, like a multifamily transaction. We could also sell individual units or blocks of buildings to investors, right? So you have an investor says, hey, I'd love to own 10 townhouses or 10 duplexes, but can't afford the whole thing. You could break it up and sell it in chunks and maintain common management. And the other thing that's really kind of great about the model is that you can individually sell them to individual homeowners, right? So you go in, do like a minor flip on them at the end of 10 years, make a couple of improvements. If homeownership is all the rage in say 2030 and everyone's wanting to buy houses and not rent, then we have the option to do that as well. So it's an investment that has a lot of exit strategies that aren't always possible in sort of traditional multifamily or single family because the way we've set it up, it's got a great de-risking profile to it. It's worth mentioning taxes are typically lower whenever they're individual. Furthermore, on a build-to-rent project, things like cost segregation and long-term capital gains versus build-to-sell and are subject to ordinary income taxes. So there's a lot of benefits there as well. Yeah. Austin and Lowe, thanks for joining us and walking us through the Build to rent strategy. I'm going to say it right this time. It's not build to own, it's build to rent. <laughs> and uh, I just went through the benefits and the, kind of the step-by-step process for how this strategy is implemented. So if you guys want to learn more about Austin and Lowe, again, the website is goodhorncapital.com. Thank you guys again for joining me today. Best of listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo. Thank you. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom? Then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com.